welcome to football. Bloody hell. And on the show tonight, we've got the usual gang. We've got two very, very happy bunnies and two very, very upset bunnies. Yeah, Paul Thorpe's here. He's fed up. Hilda Pryor's here. She's fed up. I'm here and I'm bloody delighted. <coughs> and so is Ricky Hyatt. So join us as we hammer the other two. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Football Bloody Hell. Now, I want to start with something you might not expect me to want to start with, but I'm going to start with uh, Yeovletown and South Somerset District Council because uh, our good friends at Glovercast have had a chat with uh, one of the councillors who's involved in the whole deal, and I listened to it today, and so did Hilda, I know. Um, kind of came away from it not entirely any the wiser but certainly there's certainly some question marks about whether or not the council are doing the right thing spending public money to pay off a debt that has been taken on i.e the one for sport england 1.2 million i think it is um when you get the feeling that when he took the loan on he didn't have a clue how he's going to pay it back so I'm a bit sort of dubious about the whole thing, really. What do you make of it, Hilda? Well, firstly, did you want me to let the listeners know who's on the podcast this evening? Well, if, I know. How do you mean who's... I've done that bit, haven't I? No, no. Well, well, well I, have, <laughs> I have, actually. It's just that you haven't oh, heard it. Oh, it'll be in the... Ah, uh, yes. So with ah. the powers of technology, that's already been filled in. That's yes, already been done. Right. That's already yeah, been done. Hey. right. But nice, to, nice of him to let us know about that. Yeah, well, <laughs> come on, uh, well yeah, I knew that you'd rush headlong that. into it. So, so. <laughs> no, but going back to the to the point that you've made, yes. Yeah, so I listened to it earlier this afternoon, and a couple of things really that I took away from it. One that it was good that um, uh, a platform was able to get hold of somebody who was part of the dealings because. You know, as as you know, Aid, like involved with Three Valleys Radio, says that's not always easy to get somebody who's involved in these kind of dealings to actually come forward and just try and shed a little bit of light on exactly what's going on. Because um, I think that's what fans want more than anything, isn't it? Is that word transparency that's thrown around a lot, particularly yeah. in football. So it was good that we actually had somebody come forward who was well, I, I within it to sort I of talk write, about write it. I didn't write out his name. What, what was his name? Did you catch I it? I knew you were going to ask me that because I didn't get it either. Oh, right. OK. Well, not too <laughs> I think it's... I will try and research I, this as I we go along. I think it could be Peter Clark, but I'm not sure. But he's his counsellor anyway. And he sounded very reasonable, to be fair. Um, he, he put, he, you know, explained the whole story behind it, the whole case, and uh, sure, you know, and the lads um, from Glovercast asked some some quite searching questions. I thought, yeah. So how I interpreted it, Aidan, it would be interesting to see if yours is it matches mine because with something like this and a deal in place, um, there's a lot of um, sort of. Um, mumbo jumbo talk if you like that doesn't necessarily mean much to the um to the passerby when it turns in terms of the nitty-gritty of the of the contracts and and how it's all going to play out but the key parts i took out was the fact that if it was to go belly up at any point that there's protections in place so the owner in this case wouldn't walk away with the cash that's just been injected um directly into the club as the investment part from South Somerset District Council. So that was reassuring. Did, is, is that what you took yeah. away from the whole thing as well? I, I got that, yeah, definitely. But I, I still yeah. felt, as I said earlier, that I was just a little bit dubious about this £1.2 million debt that, um, you mm. know, that they've lent money for, for Mr Priestnell to pay the money back, supposedly, 
Um, but as I say, I, I got the impression that when they took that loan out, they were at desperation streets. There was nobody, you know, no serious discussions going on with regard to the sale of the club. And Sport England came to our aid because of COVID. And yet now the, the counts, you know, the people like you and I, we're having to pay it back. Hmm. Yeah, um, so there is, like you say, there is a lot more questions um, than answers still at, at this point. It was just obviously good to get a bit of an insight in terms of that and also the fact that they did say that, um, it, like I say, if it was to go belly up, it's not so much that Priestnell would, in this case, wouldn't get you know a large chunk of that money personally. It's also the fact as well that um, it's not just going to get flogged off to the you know the nearest um Cowboy. developer or whatever to make it a um a complex of some kind or flats or however they want to call it yes i guess it's easier you know it's easy to say that that won't happen but i guess you're not really going to know in that situation until you know it it happens and and it see see what see what happens because of that but one key thing i did find aid is i'm just thinking about it now as i'm talking to you that correct me if i'm wrong but the guy from the somerset council did mention the fact that the word liquidation was not imminent but it was potentially closer than maybe people have actually admitted yeah as to why we came to this situation anyway so i thought that was quite interesting because you know, people involved at Yeovil sort of said that, you know, this is more for to see what happens in the future to keep everything safer because we're actually in a healthy position at the moment. But how do you interpret the word healthy? Yeah. Is, well, is that contextual in terms of, like, I think you mentioned that, you know, a healthy situation when Yeovil are in the championship, you know, we're a few different, we're a few years on from that now. So what does healthy mean now? Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think you know there's still a lot more questions uh, to be answered, mate. You're absolutely right, but it was just interesting to get a little bit of insight from that side because I think he also mentioned as well that obviously we've got to take what he says with a little bit of a pinch of salt, I guess, and he's tied down by what he can and can't say at this point. That um, a lot of people who were involved with the deal were quite happy to negotiate with Mr. Priestnell and how we actually handled the situations and it was more just sort of the due diligence that goes on into these things that actually takes the longest amount of time but Thorpe, we'll have you got any, you've got any i know you you maybe haven't listened to this particular uh, conversation but have you got any thoughts on the council deal generally if it's for the better of the club uh i'm all for it mm. um i think that we have to be very careful um about what we give or take away from Priestnell. I think there has to be really very, very strict contract of what he, he can and cannot do. And I certainly don't think he should be allowed to walk away from the club and leave uh, the club or the council in, uh, you know, in dire straits and, and get away with anything. Um, and I don't think I'm talking out of turn there. I think that that's just general business. I think that that's uh, acceptable have all the eyes and the, and the dots and, and, and all done and um, but yeah I just I, I'm just I was just really saddened to hear that word liquidation because you know I was worried about it before um, and the fact that you know that you just can't the club just can't keep on losing money and at some point the council or the banks will actually turn around and say sorry but you, you're in liquidation and that means not only a points deficit whatever the word is Put your teeth in. and um yeah thank you very much my teeth nearly came out there but but also like you know it's almost guaranteeing like uh, relegation you know which we've seen likes of derby doing extremely well but the, they dover. got relegated it's, dover yeah. yeah so and it puts us right back well beyond um a situation when i first turned turned up at the club back in 1984 which is um which is very very for me disturbing so, um, first and foremost, I think the council have done it to look after the football club because they know it's important for the community. Still, I, I truly believe that that's that's one of the one of the uh, uh, main reasons, um, and to try and support uh, Yeovil Town because um, they the you know the council do know the the, the absolute importance of it. 
there's the overall supporters on the council as well, Thorpe, that were uh, that are putting mm. help putting this deal in place. So there was including the guy who came out and did the interview. Like he was a Yeovil fan, has been for twenty years plus. So there mm. is it's good news that we do have Yeovil fans within um that board of people who are making the decisions from the council end. So that's reassuring as well, I think, because you've got that extra will there, if you like, for, you know, any fans of a football club, they'll want to make sure that the football club still exists and still operates in the way that is is successful and, and is financially viable. But the, the big concern, I would say, um, from from the interview was the fact that because we're Yeovil are now going to be renting, um, well, paying a rental having a rental payment against Hewish Park after one year, I think it is, that rental uh, payment will obviously be a little bit more. And I think Yeovil have now got to try and find another stream of revenue within 12 months in order to meet those payments. Otherwise, yeah. in 12 months' time, we might be looking at a bit of a precarious situation. So it buys you time now, but is there going to be enough being done in place between now and then? to ensure that those payments can be made? See, that, that, that's my concern, because, like, one of my concerns, because, like, if, you, if we haven't got the money to run a football club now, and then we take another loan out to then try and secure the football club's future... That's, that's you know, how people months get into debt, isn't it? It's yeah, by saying, yeah. well, 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 I'll so, put another loan on that, and it'll be yeah. all right in 12 months, and try and buy yourself some time, and then it gets worse it, and worse. <laughs> it just gets worse and worse. Like, you know, and there'd be a percentage of uh, add-ons, you know... Like, of interest on that as well, which is like you know not good. So, you know, what what is what is his end game? Can I go back to where where it was originally? There were consortiums who were looking to buy the football club. One which we all know is somebody who's got extreme wealth, and that is a supporter of the football club. You know why 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 did he not contact that person and say let's do a deal? You know, because because going through the council there, you know, at the end of the day, he's there to make money because he's a businessman, priest and all like, you know. And I accept that. I'm not I'm not stupid to that. I know that he's trying to make make you know a quite a lucrative amount of money out of the football club. And I, and if that's the way it goes, then then fair enough. But why don't you sit down with the right people and talk about a buyout that with somebody who can financially afford to do it? Instead of going to the council now, putting yourself under more pressure to, you know, uh, to, to find more money, other ways of finding more money to then you know, pay this debt off. Well, let's be to fair. me, that's the bit I don't get. The council are certainly not going to sell it to if somebody comes along and says, "Oh, you know, I'll offer you so much," because now that the council's got the land, and the council are the ones that the um, covenants are written against. They're, they're laughing, aren't they? Now the council can sell that land and make a huge profit or build on it. Yeah, because they can absolutely. control. They can control. Not, not be funny. Why would? Why yeah. wouldn't you? No, absolutely. And they can control it now because they've got the planning permission as well that they can control. But have have they got the whole land? I, I don't know enough about it to be able to comment on that. I don't honestly don't. No, know. no, I don't know. <clears throat> I I I heard, and again, it's a it's just like you know a rumor that he didn't sell the the car park now. That's a quite quite a considerable amount of land. Now, if that is true, that that puts him also in a strong position. But that's one area that I would have thought the council would have absolutely definitely wanted in the deal. So know. you know, we say we don't know. We're speculating. So unless we know the facts, then we can't talk about it. But Rick, it, you, um, you got any thoughts, Rick? I said the same thing last week when we were talking about it. My only concern is you've sold off your last sellable asset as it were so you've got to make sure you do a, a proper deal with it because you can't sell it twice can you no. and they have to make it make it work and also it makes it does make the football club less attractive to prospective future buyers because it's literally just a football club mm. if there's no buyback clause <coughs> for that, no then that that's that's all you're all, all you've got to offer if, if he does want to sell it so it's just a bit it has to be absolutely 100% right and watertight. And you need to realise that um, 
you can't do it again. Once you do get down that situation, you've not got that asset to bail you out. So no. moving forward, it's all going to be run really, really properly and profitably. Well, as, as John Fry always used to say, you don't really want to have to sell your crown assets, do you? Exactly. Mm. That's and and that's what we've just gone and done, or it would appear so anyway. Well, the thing but... is, the, thing is the, the, the land around it is not just of interest to football people. Somebody might be just interested in buying a football club. But you're reducing the options of who is interested because it's obviously more attractive to buy if it's got that land around it. Yeah. Just going on to the takeover side of things that Thorpey just touched on, just for argument's sake and... You know, hopefully it sort of helps people understand it a little bit more, putting it into the, this kind of context, I suppose. But you hear certainly at the top level where you talk about, you know, fit and proper person's tests and all this kind of stuff in terms of people uh, being able to invest in a club and, and, and get that sort of chairman title. If, if, I've, if I was to do the lottery ticket and win Euro Millions mm -hmm. and I approach the council, for, for just for argument's sake, to say... Well, I don't know anything about running a football club, obviously, unless you class my football manager experience as, as experience. <laughs> but I've got X amount of millions in the bank and I can prove that I have. Is, at the end of the day, or the money talks, or would it be a case of saying, OK, I've got the capital, but I need to put this person in place, that person in place, and that person in place to make it viable? Or... Do they not actually care as long as they actually see that there is legitimate money in there and then the rest is just down to, well, once you put that offer in, it's down to you, how you deal with it, and if you sink, you sink. I think that would be a question of whether or not they sold the football club or the land. Now, they've just bought the land, so you troll up, I've just won the lottery, here's 10 million or whatever, they're only going to yeah. sell you the stadium and the, the bits of land that are, are, are in the deal attached to the stadium, aren't they? They're not going to sell you all the land because obviously that's what they want. They want that because they want to develop it. I would have thought, anyway. I mean, I'm not an expert, mm. but I would have thought. But anyway, we've, we've dealt with it. Let, let's move on. Now, what else happened over the weekend? Um, just trying to think. Something, um, something happened, Rick, didn't it? What, what, what was it now? I don't know. I, I, I do. I do think I woke up on Sunday with a with quite a sore throat. I, I think that Saturday evening, I might have been doing a lot of cheering and mm. yeah, it, it's just I can't think what it was. I had a huge smile on my face when I woke up. You know, disgraceful. Oh, uh, Mr. Klopp has joined us. It was lovely to see you, Mr. Klopp, struggling with the media and the press on Saturday, squirming like a a rat. Ugh. Come on, Ev, what do you make of it? You are bloody rubbish. Absolute crap. Oh, well, Thorpey, I'm just, I, let me come in here first because I was um, I was ambushed last week. <laughs> um, oh, from these that's two. harsh. That's harsh. <laughs> um, I, I haven't watched it back yet because normally with finals and things, um, I, I'll watch like the highlights back because I was watching it in the pub and, and, and like you don't, and because I was emotionally invested in it as well, like it, it, it's just been a little bit of a blur what actually happened. But what emotionally I think I invested? It, what is that yeah, all about? Absolutely. You've been absolutely. swallowing a decorous team, dictionary. You're emotionally invested in it, aren't you? Oh, dear, dear. Carry on. But, um, Go on. What, what we spoke about, Rick, last Monday was yeah. if Real Madrid are going to win it, how they've played up until this point, they've. They've been outplayed in a lot of the games and then they did well to get the goals when they needed to right at the end and that was enough to see them through. So I, I saw a tweet, think... hang, hang yeah, go on. I saw a go tweet on. which I think would, which sums up Real Madrid. I think on, on Saturday, somebody, somebody tweeted, Real Madrid are the best, worst team in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the, the goalkeeper played well. Yes, he did. I didn't think we had... Obvious clear-cut chances, but we did have the better chances, I thought, when you actually look on the the, the stats and the shot count, etc. But it was exactly how I thought it was going to happen. We, we played quite well. We couldn't score. Real Madrid had two opportunities, did they? The one that was disallowed and we could... What was that, that disallowed? 
why was that disallowed? That came off the defender. So, right, so apparently, it's, it's a new offside rule. Is it, it wasn't. Di- it wasn't a direct yeah. pass, so it deflected right. off him. So, if he had directly passed it to right. him, it would have been offside. Right. So the initial pass forward, even though it only went uh, less a than a foot, what, what a clearance right? that then hit and rebounded that. Yeah, right. it was a that, panic. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the way I see the ruling is that when the guy passed the, the ball forward, and even though it only went a foot, uh-huh. it then got rebounded. The ball from his foot has still moved forward, so the guy was in an offside position. The fact that it's then got deflected into his path made no difference. It's the initial uh, pass forward is when he is it becomes in an offside position because he's seeking to gain uh, to gain an advantage. That's the way I see it. After listening to many people talk about it, because even I said I think that was a goal. Took him a while to um, to work yeah. it out as well. And I was, it? it seemed to I, feel like it took yeah. a while. Yeah, and I was very worried because that that point. I mean, you know, I I don't think it was our best performance for for sure, but we did create some good chances. Ones that on on another night we could have possibly won by two or three goals. You know, it didn't. The, the keeper had an absolute worldy Courtois. You know, and he's um, put himself at the top of. Top of the tree again, or right but up there. But go- the their goal, the Thorpey, other than mm. I think Casemiro got in in the second half, went from a free kick, but when he went to pass, it sort of came off his heel. You had the goal and that disallowed goal, but mm. I don't really remember Allison no. having to do very much. No. Um, no. So it's one of those frustrating, floor, plucky defeats, and that's how yeah. we. You know, we all kind of discuss it. Brown Trick and win it. That's probably how they're going to win it. And yeah. in in cricket, we have an expression. It's called "look in the book," and I would say it to you: "Look in the book." That's that's three finals with no goals scored. Yeah. In open play. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Got to be a yeah. burn. But I just think I think I also think that it showed up. Um, one thing about Arnold that he really needs to learn is about his body position because he's totally caught ball watching again. Yeah. You know, and is is he? Listen, the lad is absolutely a fantastic world class player, but there is one flaw in his game, and it cost us the final. His flaw, and it's been. I, I put it up. My wife is absolutely sick and tired of me mentioning it. You know. I, because I watch so much football, now I analyse it, and um, <laughs> you know, is that a lot of the right backs, their 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 body position, and Steve Rutter will tell you, is not open. We talk about what looking at, at player and ball. His body is totally closed off. He doesn't know where the player is. He's caught ball watching, and unfortunately, when it goes behind, it's too late, and and it's cost us a goal. You and know, if, and if Benitez is a very good player. Yeah, if he'd have held his position, if Alexander Arnold had held the line. He, he yeah. was the one playing Vinicius Jr. onside, wasn't it? Because he was yeah. looking the wrong way. He was looking yeah. forward. Yeah, he was. And, and, when, and, and, when your body, and when your body is facing up pitch and you can yeah. see the player and the ball, yeah. you, know, you, can, you can know, one, you know where the line is, where you know where he is, one, you know where the ball is, and as you, as you can see that ball coming across, you can adjust your body yeah. and not get caught ball watching when it goes in behind you. You're, you're dead meat. And I think that that's the one thing that he needs to add to his game is that when he's on that far post, um, that he needs to, to, to learn to open his body up. And it's, it's not just him. I've seen it by nearly every single uh, right back in the country has been doing exactly the same. And it frustrates me because, you know, it, it is something that you get taught at a very young age. And... Um, when you see it not being implemented at a top top per level, um, then it, you know I think that what one what the coach is doing and and one, that one thing, which he should have been taught of so many times through his playing career so far and learning, you know he, he should already be doing that. What so, did um what did you make of the game, Aid? Because obviously from well, mine and Thorpey's point of view, we're sort of looking well, at it from from a much different angle, obviously. But it didn't feel like that there was. Like it's not a final that you're going to look back in a few years and be like, "Oh, cool, that was a that was a good final." It no, seemed to be. I too much it wasn't. It, it. it was. It was. The it, was it was great <laughs> in, the, in the context of the result. I did a little jig when they scored, uh, <laughs> and I must say, I thought that the goal you surprised me was a was a brilliant sweeping move, and you know he, he clinically finished it. It was it was a 
it was a you can't exactly say it was a great goal because there's there's quite a few goals like that but it was clinical it was just you know once they were on the move that, that was a goal all the way and you could just see it coming so um no it wasn't a classic at all um the best part was seeing Jurgen struggling afterwards and you could see he was uh, obviously upset yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. but this um this dominant liverpool team one of the greatest teams ever formed oh yeah of what two cup finals on penalties uh one premier league title with an asterisk next to it the only thing they've won legitimately is is the last uh, champions league final hmm. yeah and and not only that you know i mean all this talk about quadruples Quadruples, you're having a laugh, aren't you? One thing about that, Aid, one thing about that, if you remember back in the glorious days of 1999 when the big boys' treble was completed, nobody nobody (laughs) mentioned that until the FA Cup final. We've had two months of this nonsense about going to do a treble, going to do this, going to do that. Wait till you've done it, boys. Never said that. So foolish. Not you personally, mate. But the media. The media. Yeah, yeah, I get get that. Yeah, I get that. It's it's been ridiculous, and it's built up a feeling that people didn't want it to happen. So I understand that we we equaled what Arsenal did in 1993 with a domestic double. Yeah. Yeah. That that was always that was always my fear that all of a sudden we could could end up with with like. uh, we, I, I said in, in, in one of the podcasts, uh, my worry was that we'd end up with the Carabao Cup, yeah. lose on all the other three, which it was still possible at that time. You know, the, the fact is that we've we've actually gone, I think it's further than anybody else to towards that quadruple, which would have been amazing. You know, but it, but it is the hardest thing to do, isn't it? And not just that tiredness. But no, I, I think that's squad. that's not an accurate statement. You haven't gone farther than anybody else because you haven't won. A proper treble. No, what I'm saying is, as, as regards Towards the games, as regards the games going, you know, uh, we were two games away from actually doing it. So in, in that first, any club in, in in you know in European football, that's the closest that he's ever come to, right? That's not me saying that. That's the statistician. Statistician. That's a fact, isn't it? That is. A yeah. Fact. So that's that's fact. That's fact. So. It's a great season. It's a fantastic season. But actually, for winning trophies, we still have only, you know, when you look at what Real Madrid have done now, they've won their league championship and they've won the Champions League. Yeah. That's a phenomenal season, that is. Because out of that, that quadruple, you've ended up, if, you, if someone was to say to you, you're going to win two trophies out of this alleged quadruple oh, that we've heard about. Leave the, the cups time. alone. Yeah. You, league you, you've league missed Europe. out on the two that you would the have won. The two big ones. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's that. That is really, you know, it is a great, it's a great squad. This is the, this is is the thing, a, isn't it, sort of, Paul? It's because... also a great squad that hasn't really quite played as well as we know it can. You know, there's always talking about we can improve, we can improve, we can improve, we can improve. But is, isn't this the reputation that Klopp came over with when when he left Dortmund that he would lose in finals because he'd lost um, a few with them? And, and yes, then he when, did. He, when I, I think. Won, Liverpool won he their lost, Champions League, and everyone said, "Oh, he's finally put it to rest." There's he no lost final six in a row. Yeah, yeah. Is that a thing? But in all fairness, in all fairness, Guardiola's got to some finals, and he's changed it. And even we've all talked about why did he play that system? Why did he play? He's the best coach in the world. Why did he play that system? So when when listen, even managers get get the jitters, you know, um, in finals and. Um, you know, Jurgen's still learning his. You know, still learning a trade. Still, learning, he'll still be picking up bits and pieces. And you know, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, you know, Mane and or Salah stay, and Mane will stay. And there's talk that you know that he's he's not leaving now. Um, it seems to have gone quiet on the Bayern Thorpey, Munich front. I just I so. just want to quickly touch on what Rick said because it's a good point. To be fair, yeah. is that you know this is a golden era for like seen as a golden era for Liverpool, um, right? in terms of yeah. perceptions and obviously as, as fans watching it, like I'm even in say 10 years time, I'll look back and yeah, of course, if this is sort of a, if this goes on for any longer, of course, and we don't win the Champions League and Premier League again, you'll look at it as, as disappointment in terms of actual facts, in terms of what you've actually obtained. But I, like, I still, I wasn't, hugely disappointed in terms of the fact that I'm not 
I'm not overly concerned that we might not get there again, or we've like we've lost by the narrowest of margins, and it's frustrating. But I'm not looking at it and thinking, oh, we were we totally underachieved when but the margins are so again, small. If I it don't happens know, again, just... and then five years time, you look at the the um, wall of honour or whatever, and it's got yeah, Liverpool won like what 92 points this season, which any other season. Would probably win you yeah. the league, but it doesn't say that on the list of honours. It says no, winners, of course, no. runners up Liverpool, and that's what matters. It's getting over the line. But that's well, what just, I mean. But like, just... because it's still playing well, it, and and the team's doing like in terms of actual performances and everything. Why, even as a fan, you can't be like I can't be annoyed at the team. Do you know what I mean? But like, how, many, how many times have you, as a commentator, David? How many times have you been in there commentating on the Oval Games? And they battered a team for half an hour. There are a couple that we've yeah, yeah. done co-coms yeah. who've on it. And if you don't take your opportunity when it's there, yeah. it's gone. And gone. that's what's that's the big danger, I think, from Liverpool is is not getting over the line. And in five years' time or whatever, when when this little era comes to an end, it and it's gonna be another few years before you're back in contention again. They got you've got to get over the get over the line and have something to, to show for it. I mean, ten years ago, I didn't think I'd ever see Liverpool winning the Premier League in my lifetime. So at least I've got one. Thanks to COVID, you've got that, didn't you? But listen, you you only become uh, legends as regards to like uh, trophies, you know, uh, by by actually winning stuff. You know, like when you go back to Bill Shankly, Bill Shankly, Bob Paisley, Joe Fagan. You know, even like uh, you know, uh, they 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 were the top three, really. You know, and He'll only be judged on on his trophies one. As regards to Ferguson, he's an absolute legend, you know, because of what he's actually won. Just a monster, wasn't he? You know, know, stuck up trophies here, there, and everywhere. You know, when you look at the trophies he's won, it's just a phenomenal manager. You know, people can slag him off about his man management and this idea from Keane and that, but the end of the day. You know, he put trophies in the trophy cabinet, and and I think that's that's one thing that Klopp really does need to do. You know, and I yeah. and I t- if, t- if you get, want if I you t- want trophies, when you get to a final, you need to get Jose in because Jose win- he's a winner. Look at him, yeah, at Roma, oh, he's won it again. again, he's Champions League again. winner, Adrian, yeah. and then a champ, then a Europa League winner, and then a Europa Conference. It'll be winning the Van Rama. Did you did you see his quote, which I thought was absolutely brilliant, where he said that since he's gone to Roma, he's completely changed. The special one stuff was 15 years ago and he was an arrogant young coach. But he said now it's all about the team and it's not about me, whilst also raising his hand, saying, I've won five European yeah. <laughs> Make your mind up, son. <laughs> OK, Jose, whatever you say, mate. Yeah. <laughs> that's his version of humility, that is. That's the closest he's ever going to get. But moving you on, never lose it, on the Champions League issue, um, we've, we've talked about everything except the crowd trouble out the front. Why is it always Liverpool getting these problems? Why is it they always... I, it's I, always I, Liverpool. Don't really wanna, I don't really want to talk about this, to be honest, because I think... It'll kick off between us all if we do this, Thorpey. <laughs> I, I, all I will say is that I, I feel that we should never play anything in France again. I think if that's how they're going to treat, you know, families. Yeah. Do you know what I the worrying that thing that's... about that, Thorpey? They've yeah. got the Rugby World Cup next year, yeah. and the year mm. after that, they've got the Olympics. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I, I think it's absolutely disgraceful. The, the other thing that's absolutely disgraceful, I think the government will really get get to grips with it. Is is these uh, ticket touts that are selling forged tickets and um, and these openly. games it's, it, o- they were advertised uh, openly. That, that, openly. That's been a huge problem, hasn't it? Did you, you see know, Andy and Robertson said that his his family were turned away because yeah. They, yeah. the French police or whoever was doing it said that Andy Robertson's tickets were all fraudulent. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! So they clearly did not have a clue what what, what was going on. Um, I feel that when we're in England, listen, we're not prone to mistakes, but I feel we learn quicker by our mistakes. And um, yeah, when we put, we, we put the Olympics on, we put the European Cup on, and we've 
we have had a, a, a massive success of these events. But I just hope more and more comes out in the next couple of weeks about what actually happened and we can get a bit more clarity on it. But but yeah. just to just to counter Thorpe's point about England being fantastic and being able to do it, in, the England national team have got to play at least one game behind closed doors because yeah, yeah, of the yeah. shambles I, that was the, the Euro final. That, so listen, that, we're not that is why, ourselves. That is why I said that you know we we are not perfect, but I feel yeah. that we do learn from our mistakes quicker. And I, I think that's why I said that point, because, yeah, we do have to play some games behind doors. But, you know, to start, I saw one clip where a guy was just... Go! No, I saw a guy uh, trying to explain to one of the, the French policemen that, um, that that there was people being crushed out there. And it was a bit of a worry about you know, the congestion of, of, of sporters, which we've had once in the past, you know, in the FA Cup semi-final game, which we don't ever want us again. You know, but and then all he did was point a pepper spray and spray him in the face with a pepper spray and then spray somebody else in the, in the face. Well, there was no reason for this policeman to have done what he did. You know, it was totally unprovoked. And the guy was just trying to explain something and uh, whilst trying to get into the ground. So if that's what their mentality is, is going to be like, then I don't think FIFA or UEFA should be giving France anything. In fact, they should be taking it away and, um, you know, and, and also throwing them out of, of tournaments, which then uh, puts the emphasis back on, on how they decide to treat fans, not just English fans, but it seems to be pointed at us, uh, but also fans that, that turn up for any other event in, in, in their country. Well, moving on from the Champions League. <laughs> um, That's how it's done for another season, at least. <laughs> yeah, we'll give you a rest after this. Um, I just I, I want to talk about Forest, but I want to just, before I do, I was reading an article today about Ralph Ranyak not going forward. Well, I can tell you, what I, I, Rick just didn't agree with me on this. I personally have not rated him right from the start, I have to say. And apparently, uh, John Murter, this new director of football or whatever his title is, was absolutely dazzled, and I'm quoting, from when he saw Ragnick's um, interview, which doesn't exactly bode very well for John Murter if he was dazzled by Ralph Ragnick. And also, the uh, this American guy, he's got an American coach with him, hasn't he, or something, assistant coach or whatever, Ar somebody Aramas, Chris Ar Aramas, and apparently he's been listening to the games, uh, listening to some other bloke that used to be Randick's um, assistant at Moscow. Yeah. He's been listening to this bloke, so he's obviously watching it in Moscow on the telly, and he's going down the line and telling matey boy, Chris Armis, as to what he thinks they should do. Well, no wonder the team went all to pop. Christ, if that's what's been going on, is there any wonder, is it? Crazy. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Depends, Adrian, whose decision it is for Rangnick to actually not take up this consultancy. If it's Eric Ten Hag's decision, fair enough. Mm. It's disappointing because Rangnick came in with a reputation he hadn't managed for ages, but he was great at putting the infrastructure into a club and getting an ethos going. He's done the managerial bit, like, not particularly well. I don't think he was cooperated with. He was expecting the, the coaching staff to stay. So that's one of the reasons that the coaching staff's been so Mickey Mouse is he had to form it in the last sort of few minutes on the hoop, as it were. But the bit where he's actually good at, he's not hanging around for, which is I, th I think is a bit of a, a a bit of a shame. But he was he, the players threw him under the bus, and the sooner some of them go, the better. Well, I agree with you on that, but I just I just think if if that was the the sort of things that were going on. It yeah, does... but there are reasons for it, Adrian. I don't think he, he intended to come in and get an, a guy who's coached in the MLS to, to be the face of somebody in Moscow analysing it on the telly. I think that that was need, needs must. The, the guy was out of his depth and he, he could have contact with somebody that did know what was going on. And that was the best way to, to do it. As mm. it turns out, the best manager United had all season was Michael Carrick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> Drew against Chelsea, won in the Champions League and beat the Arsenal in his last week. So, Carrick, one to watch. I think he's going to be a good manager somewhere sooner or later. Anyway, moving on to the Premier League and Nottingham Forest. Um, 
I think not two words story. you've said in the same sentence for twenty three yeah. years. But here yeah, we what go. What a story! Well, when I when I think when I think back to the the, the scenes when Yeovil played them back in whatever it was, I couldn't tell you. Two thousand and seven, I think, mate. Was it two thousand and seven? Well, you mm. know, we'd lost two two nil, I think it was, at the first leg, and we went up there and they were having t-shirts printed and stuff that they were going to be going out to get to Wembley and all this rubbish, and as you know, we beat them. And and you know when I look at it now and I think God, you know we we went up to the city ground and little old Yeovil beat them, and we got to the final and then blew it. But mm. but you know to be fair they they lost did they lost their, lose their first two games of the season I think I'm right in saying they they didn't win in the first eight first the eight games when Chris Bottom was in charge. Well that that Steve yeah. Cooper has definitely worked a miracle then hasn't he? You have to say. Yeah. yeah, when he took over, they were bottom of the actual championship and um, he's turned it right around and uh, he's, he's got to be complimented for that. I think the, 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 the hard bit now comes, he now need, needs to decide you know, which of his players, because he's now got to create a premiership side. You know, and it's going to be some hard decisions to, um, you know, to work out who he can actually take forward and who he's going to actually ditch after working so hard because some of those players you know we've seen in the past with Norwich and that bouncing up and bouncing back down again up down like a yo-yo you know and he has a one one he's a great coach but he needs to have the right players and the right squad there to be able to manage his way through just before that thought did you did you watch the game against Huddersfield I saw uh, highlights again (laughs) absolute snooze fest I thought um and I did think yeah, that they were actually the very lucky to win it on the day. And I thought that yeah. John Moss, on his last game as a referee, was awful. quick nod to John Moss. He was all um, absolute beast. Had an absolute stinker. Because yeah. I thought that those two decisions probably should have gone Huddersfield's way with the two penalties. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. But why don't absolutely. they use VAR, though? It was but there. They had, they had it there, didn't they? It's the yeah. first championship game that had VAR. Well, he, well, he booked him for diving straight away, didn't they? Yeah. Didn't he? Yeah. On the first one. And, and it's, if, that, if that's not a clear and obvious mistake, let's be fair, the absolute refereeing team that they had there, right, for that game was an absolute disgrace. You know, and yeah. it has cost... Now that this is the interesting fact. No, you know, could could you know uh, the Huddersfield club now go to the referees and say, actually, no, you've just cost us two hundred million. Uh, we want our money yeah. because it's clear and obvious mistakes have been made, and we're now not in the Premiership because because of your pathetic and incompetent display. You know, and sooner or later, I think that I think sooner or later there are these big organisations and consortiums that are so rich. That they well might take them take the FA on on that. And John Moss is going to retire off into the sunset now. Oh, yeah. yeah, but you know. But I mean, to be to, to be fair, I with thought Moss embroidered on his boots. I thought <laughs> the first one could, was a little bit dubious and could have been a dive. The first one. No. Oh, I, no, think no. First one, I thought it was a definite. I thought there was an contact. element of diving, but the second one. Clear I, contact. I, I thought the second one was a definite pen, personally, but you know. They must be pretty sick, though, I should think, from uh, getting that far. And then, then... It was fine margins, and then it was an own goal as well. And get, mm. You get two penalties turned yeah, down. Th- th- again, there wasn't really a lot going on for either side, really, I didn't think. No. And they'll be absolutely sick but to the stomach you, to lose it to an own ten- goal and be denied two penalties. But can you imagine playing in that game? And everybody, it's been built up and built up about it is the the most, the richest game in world football. And to actually attempt to get a football match going under those Yeah, yeah, quite. Got to be, you know, fair play to the people that turn up and, and do it, the lads. But, geez, that's a lot of pressure. The, the, the narrative is, is too much on the Championship playoff final, isn't it? Like, yeah. I don't think we've, like, off the top of my head, I can't think of a classic... Well, the only time they become time. classics is when they go to penalty shootouts, isn't it? There's, True. Because you remember the, I remember Michael Gray and Sunderland years and yeah. years ago. Charlton and see that sticks was in it? your mind because yeah. of that, not because of the because of the game. Saying that, I think it did finish four all, mind. Yeah. Well, yeah. Forget yeah. That, just talk about the penalties. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. It, it's it's got that added drama, hasn't it? Is there because oh. someone is gonna obviously mess it up? You if imagine you like. being that person, though. 
that pressure is always there for any penalty shootout, really, because more often than not, they're in the latter stages of a cup competition, and you go up there and you blast over the bar or whatever. I mean, what are you going to feel like? I mean, you know, if you've got mental health issues, that could uh -huh. quite easily tip you over the edge, couldn't it? You know? Well, we've, we've seen some of the best footballers in the world um, in, in competitions missing penalties at vital stages of the game. You know, and, and uh, right back to, you know, right back to Maradona. We got the Italian version in, in you know, in the World Cup. Um, on two or three occasions, they've, they've they've messed it up. So it just, you know, is is a unique part of the game which um, which needs to be practiced. You know, even practice doesn't really get you to standing in front of all those people. Mm. With the pressure of you trying to put the ball in the back of the to net. To be fair, though, by, by, by definition, it's good that people aren't good all the time because otherwise everyone would score each time and we'd never have a definitive yeah. winner. Yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose that's why they come up with the idea in the first place that they knew that there's going to be somebody's going <laughs> yeah, to blaze over the bar. Until uh, you get tired, too tired to run up and hit the ball. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because I hear people saying, like, oh, I don't like penalties, people losing on penalties. It's part of the competition yeah. rules. You know, and if everyone you don't like the it. rules, don't yeah. watch yeah. it like, you know, it's it's taking. And everyone thing. loves a penalty shootout. Yeah. yeah. It's, Particularly it's, it's, if it's not your team, you think, yeah. oh, I'll watch this because it's gone to extra time. It'll probably be but penalties. It's, it's at the amazing. End of this. If, you're not in, if you're not invested, to use uh, Hilda's phrase, yeah. then <laughs> there's no pressure whatsoever. But as soon yeah. as your team's involved, Jeez, it's a horrible thing to be watching. Yeah, yeah. So it is—it's a fantastic part, and it is a great way, I think, a great way of, of trying to get a winner. You know what I mean? And um, yeah. you know, it, it, you've got the hockey version where they they start off at, at a certain line on the twenty-two line. Well, they, they did that, then... didn't they, in America with football? Oh, they the the yeah. Yes, when they ran forward. Mm. Yeah. Bizarre yeah. when you Six look at the highlights. To score a goal. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and uh, that, that's another way of possibly trying to do it. I don't rule that one out because it's quite a good, decent way, but the penalty shootout is a classic. And, um, Did you like you the know, golden goal thing or not? Yeah, I think like There's too, fear, too much fear involved. That, that was, that was, it's a nice idea, but instead of encouraging teams to attack, it encouraged teams to be too scared to make <laughs> an error. See, I don't agree with that. I, I, I disagree with that i thought it was really good i thought it was actually more attacking because people were trying to score but you know you see, people see it differently i thought it was a silver system. goal as well which is if you which is starting to get more that, complicated then? which was euro 2004 so if you play yeah. the first half of extra time and yeah. you score if you're winning by half time in extra time you win uh right they need a few more rules that's all you need <laughs> make it more complicated yeah but as long as it doesn't go to any sort of count back or corners or goal kicks or free kicks or anything like that, <laughs> yeah. it's got to Yellow be something cards. that you can tangible that you can see happen in front of you. Then it's whatever way. Then, but I mean, they haven't come up with a better way yet. Mm. Keep your uppies. <laughs> Keep your uppies. We'll be there all day and all night. <laughs> but, you, no, let's not, let's not take this away from Forest though. No, for no. Them. No, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, they've been trying long enough, haven't they? And they finally got there, finally made but it. For the first few games of the season, I think Steve Cooper ought to wear a green goalkeeper's jersey in tribute to Cluffy, yeah. now that they're uh, back home. Uh, <laughs> that would be cool. But that would be no, I thought he's done a super job, though, really. He, he, always, he, he always looks so unhappy, but... But, you know, to do a job like that, that's, that's something else, really, I think. Yeah, I don't think he's particularly blessed in that area. And that's easy for me to say. But No, um... he's, he's got a, good, he's, he's got a good, good face for radio, I would say. I think yeah. that's... that's, that's um... His mum loves him and that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. He did, um, he did a really good job for Swansea, though, didn't he? Like, he yes. got two playoff campaigns. And, yeah, yeah, OK, Swansea were in the Premier League not that long ago. But he took him over when they were pretty much kind of everyone who was on big wages had gone they were on the decline and got into the playoff final when they lost to Brentford and you see what Brentford have gone on to do so that was no mean yeah. feat and he won the was it the World Cup or European Championships for England at under 17, England under 17 level. level so he's actually so he's got gone, the... all, he's gone all the way he's gone all the way with his team in tournament and was football he, and was well. he a coach at Liverpool at some point I oh, think. probably. So you don't like him anymore? <laughs> I've gone off him a lot, man. Yeah, yeah. He's missed the boat there. What about <laughs> Lewandowski, though? Says he's absolutely, definitely played his last game for, for um, Bayern Munich. What do you make about that? Do well, if they want Mane, we'll take Lewandowski. Should we well, do that? 
No, I, I don't know about that, Dorby. He's, 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 <laughs> it's already a done, it's a done deal. He's going to Real Madrid. You reckon, oh. dear? I thought it was Barcelona. I thought it was Barcelona. Oh, was it Barcelona? Oh, sorry, I thought it was Real Madrid. He's going to Spain, Thorpe says. He's going, definitely going <laughs> to Spain. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I mean, he's a good player, no question of that. But is that going to put more pressure on your lot to, to let um, Mane go? I think if Mane does... Well, OK, there's mixed reports now, like today I've seen about, well, now he's actually going to go away and think about it, etc. But I think if Mane actually said to the Liverpool board... Let me go. I think we would let him go. What on I the basis that he's thirty or what? I just, I just think that he'd probably want to get something for him. Maybe Salah. It's a little bit different. I don't. Well, it's know, the last but... chance to actually cash in, isn't it? Because if it, both him and Salah, if they if they stay for another season, then they can leave mm. on freeze, can't they? Or Salah signed his contract, but certainly Mane no. next season. So, yeah, so Salah's got one more year left to go, yeah. which is why when he came out to say that he was staying next year, it wasn't really news as far as I'm concerned because, well, yeah, his contract is up to next year. It's whether or not he signs yeah. a new contract is the news. Yeah. So that didn't really tell us anything, I didn't think. But I don't know. I think, obviously, with Diaz, Jota, I mean, eventually this trio was going to get split up because you can't just keep on playing the same well, team for Firmino's a unless you're Real Madrid out, who have played the same team for the last yeah. five, six years. Their midfield that beat Liverpool with the same midfield that beat Liverpool in 2018, which is a crazy stat when you think about it. And the turnover you normally get at, at teams, particularly at, at, at the top end. But I'll but, tell you what, you would not be sick if you lost both of them. And it's it's not beyond the realms yeah. of possibility that you could do. No, absolutely. I mean, Manny's thirty years old now. He's, he's gonna, you know, the next, uh, you know, six years are critical. Five or six years are critical for him and his, you know, his financial situation. I know he does amazing work in in uh, in building schools and hospitals in his in in, in Africa, and um, he should be absolutely complimented for that. But um, he uh, he certainly wants to cash in. I think on 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 his latter part of his career. Liverpool have the power, though, in that sense, to not let both of them go. Like, yeah, OK, they would lose money if one of them left the following season, but they would have the power to ensure that they don't go at the same time. Because Do you know what? Also, you're losing we've got value at anyway at this point because they're not going to be at their proper market price because they've only no. got a year to go. Oh. The, the, the reason I think that is a possibility he could sell... Uh, Possibly Both. Mane, but it is the fact that he's freshening up the squad. Yeah. And I think that sometimes the squad can become a little bit stale. We've tried now two seasons or three seasons with that, that amazing front line, and we haven't won the European Cup. Um, we've won one, you know, a league championship, which was fantastic. You know, but it's um it sometimes does need freshening up, doesn't it? And there's great players out there. And, I think um, I think a lot of fringe will leave this summer as well. Thought obviously Uri yeah, no, going to be on his way it, out. That, so that, I think there does you... need to be a bit more investment. Absolutely. In terms of keeping the players who are normally quite happy in the yeah. background to obviously oh, come in. And him. What's happened to him? Well, yeah, but you could pick exactly. up sort of ten million for him, couldn't you? You could easily pick up ten million for him. You know, and or five million, you know, and upwards. They'll all end you know, up at Aston Villa with Steven Gerrard, probably. <laughs> well, you know, there, there is a possibility. You know what I mean? And um, Suarez, it looks like he's going to be going there, and that's going to be is it to to win to win the championship next year is going to be tougher than ever. Mm, you could be right. You certainly could be right. Uh, who said Suarez is going to Villa? Then I've not heard that one. He's uh, been yeah, on on the uh, yeah, on the internet quite a lot. About mm. his possibility that he may, because you know, he's, he's out of contract now, isn't he? There's a lot of players, with, like Hady said, yeah. that they're going to be moving around for free because there's some big yeah. hitters that have just. But that's, that's the trend. Let the contracts run players, down. Players running down their contracts, and because they get more money for themselves, they run down their contracts and move on a free, mm. rather than. Ronaldo yeah. set the bar though, hasn't he? For p players who have run out their run down their contracts, usually at this point they're off to America or China, whereas now. Yeah. They've got another two or three years at the highest level because yes. football seems to have changed. And it doesn't mm. matter how old you are now. Like we've just touched on the fact that Mane's thirty, but if he was to go to Italy, Germany, or so, he's still got another 
six years. Well, especially possibly. if he goes there. He's yeah. in the Premier League. He's probably got two more so, years. Moves to one of those leagues, he might have four or five. Possibly yeah. not quite as old as it would have been <coughs> if we were having this conversation ten years ago. Well, the, even the immortal Ronaldo has said that he now feels like he's 30. So mm. we've probably only got about another five years of him. <laughs> I know how he feels. <laughs> My memory's not that good. <laughs> now, there's one more thing to talk about. Well, two more things, actually. Um, Perisic to Spurs. I think that's a good move. Again, yes. especially on a free. Mm. Yep. I think that'll make a big difference to Spurs. And it looks like he's doing his medical literally in the, in, today and tomorrow. So that should be a done deal by the looks of it. No, nobody nobody know him better than Conte anyway, will, will they? Former Inter manager, won the league with him, so he knows yeah. what he can do. But he comes as, he's, he's got a double bubble, really, hasn't he? Because one, he comes as a good player and will, will improve the team consequently. But also, it'll, it'll pacify Conte because he's, he's, yeah. he's spending some money and getting some players in. So I think that's a that's a good move. Um, yeah, did I, I see he wants about six or seven players? Probably. Did I? I'm, I think I read. That's what he wants. Hmm. You know, I think he'll get it. I think it's about time. Yeah, he's, he'll either get it or he'll go. And, it's and he'll find that. it easier to get them as well because he can offer Champions League football. And well, it will make got, Kane and Son it? a bit happier as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, Champions League football, the stadium they've got. Um, he's got everything in the right place at the moment. He can put pressure on them on the on the chairman or the owners, and um, you know I do think that there will be a real uh, possible real force next year. He's got yeah, a, a complete pre-season. Still be, still, be still be Spurs, and I think that they'll probably blow up somewhere they'll, along they'll the line. Find a way to talk it up. But you know you're going to say they they will be a real force in those those games, those the, the top six games. Uh, teams in that league, they're definitely going to be a force there, and uh, you know they just need that little bit of luck that could turn it all around to a fantastic season for them. And do you, do you reckon if you were a Scotsman, do you think they're right in getting really angry with Robertson going out on the pitch? Oh, well, oh what were these games coming out? World Cup qualification, yeah. Yeah. Well, so you know, have they been really unhappy about, like the fans or the? Well, apparently, according to the internet, what I've read that they're getting really upset about it. Apparently, so. Uh... Are you sure you're not on the dark web? Because you, you you seem to see a lot of things <laughs> that nobody else does. No, it's the Daily Mail website. I get it all from, mate. Oh, it's bound to be legit then. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, I think we're in an age now, aren't we, where we're all find something to. <laughs> pick holes in something or, or whatever. I, I guess it will just be a case of whether Scotland can can get through or, or not. Am I right in thinking it's the, both the semi-finals and the finals of the playoffs on one think, section? Yeah, I think they, they got the yeah. uh, Ukraine game, haven't they? On this, is it this Wednesday? And then I think yeah. it's yeah. The, 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 the qualifier uh, on the weekend. I think yeah, they, play, well, they play Wales. Yeah. Wales, yeah. yeah. The winners of Scotland, Ukraine play Wales. Yeah, you know. So, uh, you're going to boys you, have a little prediction on that then before the next one? Who's getting through? I, I think, think Wales are going through. I think Wales are going through. Yep. Yeah. I think they're. Well, I'm I'm Welsh, so yeah, of course, of course, I think Wales are going yeah. through. Of course you are. You sound so Welsh. I know. Well, I can't help that, but <laughs> uh, my mum yeah. and dad were Welsh. Bananas. In the same way that Mick McCarthy is Irish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> anyway, gentlemen, um, I'm afraid we have run out of time. So, Ricky, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, and Always you, a pleasure. Thorpe, with your pink ear phones, they look really, you know, really becoming well, up there. They they were the backups. They're the wives, so um, yeah, you know, no problems. No, they're very. Oh, thanks God. for telling. Thanks for telling all the listeners that I've got pink earphones in. Yeah, that's okay. Right. Any time, mate. That. Any time. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm just about to. I've got my darts. Best. I've got my tungsten darts out, and I'm just about to throw them at you. Um, <laughs> oh, get him off the screen. Oh. Was that before he had his teeth done? Yeah, I think it must be. I think it must um, be. But anyway, gentlemen, oh, thanks very sure, much for joining us on Football Bloody Hell. And don't forget to join us again next week. Good night.